Hi, and welcome to another episode of Our Memphis History. My name is Mark White, and today I have the pleasure of interviewing Reverend Gary Mead from St. Mary's Episcopal Cathedral. Our conversation revolves around the upcoming celebration of the 165 years since their Ascension Day, where they were consecrated in 1858. We also talk about Sister Constance and her companions and how they cared for the sick during the 1873 and 1878 yellow fever outbreaks. All right, today I am joined by Reverend Dean Gary Mead. Thank you for being here. St. Mary's Episcopal down on Poplar. Everybody probably has driven by this cathedral for years and years and years. And so I appreciate you being on the show today. Thank you. Well, thanks uh, Thanks for having me. It's a great uh, pleasure, pleasure and privilege to be with you. Well, um, today I know we want to talk. You guys have a big celebration coming up, 165 years. That's right. Let's, let's talk about that a little bit. It's in the first part, first couple of weeks there of September. Well, what we're celebrating is not just that we've been around for 165 years, but that in the last few months, we have engaged in this huge renovation project. Um, what had happened over a period of years was the interior of our cathedral, the nave, as we call our primary worship space, uh, there had been some damage, uh, mo- mostly due to moisture that had gotten right. in and, and uh, damaged the plaster on the inside. Okay. So for a period of years, you go in and, and worship in there and, and you have to dust your shoulders <laughs> off because bits of plaster and paint right. would literally yeah. be falling down like like gentle snow <laughs> raining down upon you during worship. Right. Well, clearly that, that had yeah. to be addressed. Sure. So yeah. we are completing a $1.5 million renovation project wow. to restore that. And it's uh, it's quite a thing to celebrate. Yeah, yeah. Um, 165 years on, and the renovation of our of our space, man, it's just it's more than the renovation of a building. It's the renovation of the life of this cathedral church. Right. That's that's beautiful. I actually was honored uh, to be able to take a tour a few months ago as this was going on. Lots of great work. It's going to be. It's already beautiful, but it's going to be even more beautiful uh, once that's all done. And so the celebration in September, uh, like you said, is more than just 165 years. It's also the feast day for the martyrs, if I understand. That's right. That's right. We are we are proud as the Episcopal Church here, the Episcopal Cathedral specifically, to have been host to Constance, who was a sister, sisters of St. Mary, who were called here originally back in the 1800s to be here to help run a school. Right. Uh, when the yellow fever epidemic broke out, uh, well, Constance and one of her companions were actually back in Peekskill, New York, on vacation. Oh, and when the word back. came out, the yellow fever had struck again. It had struck here earlier mm-hmm. uh, at a time when most people were fleeing Memphis. Constance, and I believe it was Thecla, was the other sister with right. her, um, they said, well, we got to get on a train. we got to get back to Memphis. Get back. Yeah. And so they came and they ministered um, and they cared for the sick and the dying and they themselves ended up perishing. And so we remember them as the martyrs of Memphis. They are remembered in the calendar of the Episcopal Church, and we celebrate their heroic work here in Memphis. Absolutely, and that was not just once, but twice, since 1873 and 1878, both. Right. Uh, And the 1878 um, edition or whatever of that um, actually is what took their lives. It was. That was a far more severe outbreak. Way back before we knew what what caused that. And there was another sister, Sister Hu- Huetta. Uh, Huetta. Yes, I yes. knew I was going to mess that up. She <laughs> actually lived, 
another 48 years after that and died in 1926. So that's a testament to her. Um, and so you've, you've got some events coming up. Let's talk a little bit about them. So what's actually going to happen on September 9th? Well, on September 9th, which is the actual feast day for Constance and her companions, um, that is the day when we are hosting what we are calling a celebration of remembrance and renewal. And the idea is we want to take some time to really remember our history, how we were founded 165 years ago. We were a, a church planted originally by Calvary Episcopal yeah, Church. That's right. Um, at the time, Calvary was, they were, of course, they were and remained downtown, mm -hmm. but they were so oversubscribed that there was no room for people to worship. Right. Moreover, at that point, anyway, they don't do this anymore, but they charged for, for the pew tax, the yes, pew rent. Exactly. And so the idea was, well, we'll open up a new church in a place that's far away, right. on the way outskirts, way of, out. way outskirts of town, that's <laughs> right. right, and they won't charge the pew tax. And so that's how St. Mary's was founded 165 years ago. Okay, I did not realize you guys didn't charge the pew tax. That's right. There. That was that was going to be one of the distinct. This worship was going to be free to anybody who wished to right. come to St. Mary's. Right. And as I said, we were out in the boonies back then. Yeah, yeah, now, of course, you look at where we are. We're in Poplar <laughs> here at 700 Poplar. We're, you know, we're we're not even in Midtown. We're between Midtown and Downtown, really. Exactly right. You were definitely closer to the river than anything. Um, so that's going to be on the 9th. So, so on the 9th, yeah. Right. So we will remember not just that event, but some of the significant events since then. For example, including we talked about Constance and her companions mm -hmm. and, and their incredible work that they did. Uh, but then we will also remember how 50 years later, how it was during the, the, all the, the uprising and concern and anxiety about garbage collection, the garbage workers right. that drew Martin Luther King Jr. here yes. to, to be in support of the garbage workers. Um, and of course, you know, he was assassinated right here, just a few blocks from here, at the Lorraine Motel. Right. And uh, and so it, shortly after that, the the dean of the cathedral at the time, Dean William Dimmick, mm -hmm. uh, had been meeting regularly with other leaders of other various faith traditions, yeah. uh, regularly anyway. But it was at one of those meetings, just within a couple of days, as I recall, of that that he picked up one of the processional crosses that belonged to the cathedral, mm -hmm. and along with other clergy leaders, right. um, Christian and Jewish alike, in fact, mm -hmm. marched from the cathedral to City Hall to confront the mayor to say, you've got to deal with this. You've got to put a stop to this to this you know, strike. You've got, to, you've got to deal. I mean, <laughs> there, there's too much unrest. There's too much at risk. There's too much at stake. Right. Right. And that actually, that cross is still being used, is it not? It is. We, we, don't, know, we don't necessarily use it regularly. <laughs> but um, it comes but out it, of it. It's one of the historic you know, pieces right. of, of our, of, of yeah. just one of the treasured bits of our history that, yeah. we, that we honor and um, uh, we commemorate, we remember. Well, I know this, this cathedral played a big part in the civil rights there. I know there were meetings here. The, I believe what he started was called the Downtown Church Association. Right, which, which still exists today. It, it and in does. Fact, um, we are we're engaging in, in work even today to say how can we engage as an association of, of, of churches and others of like mind. Right. How can we engage more effectively in areas specifically related to homelessness mm -hmm. and those who are dealing with, with challenges right. related to, to housing yeah. and hunger. And this area of town, obviously, you would you would see quite a bit of that. I think uh, as we are closer to downtown, Union Mission is down probably a block from here. Right, right. And I know that uh, MIFO was also started around that same time. The uh, Metropolitan Interfaith Association uh, started by has also started 
by Dean Demick. So, right, right. Um, so that all tra- traces back to him. But the thing to remember is that you know we look at we look back at those moments, especially standing up for civil rights, and you go, well, that was that was a, a great and noble thing to do. Um, it came at a cost. It did. I, it, it split. I won't say split, maybe, but split. it definitely uh, you lost some. So we lost about half of our membership. Yeah, right. Um, one time. About half of the people got up and walked out. That was what yeah. Dean Dimmick did. Although in retrospect, most of us would agree that was the right and, and mm-hmm. honorable thing to do. Oh, absolutely. But it was not uh, not without consequence or controversy. Yeah, he was. I would imagine he would have been one of the very few people to stand up like that on a stage. Is not the right word, but speaking to a lot of people at one time that you would think would be aligned to the civil rights movement. And as as you've said and as I've read, lost about half the membership. Uh, and it was a, a good-sized membership at that point. So I, I, that stirred up unrest within the membership. But, uh, you know, as we look back on it, the absolute right thing to do. Yeah, and, it, and it's a great reminder, isn't it, that, that doing the right thing isn't always the popular thing, mm-hmm. isn't always the safe thing. Also, civil rights era, there was memorial services held here for Dr. King right after that happened. And if I remember correctly, Palm Sunday was the Sunday after he was assassinated. Yes. And, uh, yes. and so it was a very uh, kind of famous sermon that uh, you can go out to the website and listen to or actually read. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so I, I would encourage you to do that. It's a moving speech. I have read it and it's, uh, it, it's, yeah. Well, oddly you. enough, I didn't know I didn't, I didn't know we were going to have that this exact conversation, but I have a portion of that sermon right in front of me. I'd love to hear. And it. some of the words are, I mean, this is part of what he said. This is an hour of trial for all of us, for our city and for the whole world. Let us make this not only an hour of pain, but one of promise. Out of this darkness let burn the light of freedom, life and love that shall bring hope to the whole world. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, aren't those great words? Yeah. I mean, you know, that we have to stand up for what's right. He, he went on to say, let us stand for the right things and do the right things, whatever the cost to our pride and prejudice, that this moment, which is one of our darkest, may become one of the brightest. Yeah. Let us light a lamp of hope and reconciliation. And he, he really called people, not mm-hmm. just as cathedral in that sort of insular, we are cathedral sense, but he was really proclaiming this, this message of gospel call and of gospel purity and of gospel hope and promise to the larger community of Memphis. Right. You know, and, and in the best of civil rights leadership, he was saying, we're not just going to air the grievances and speak out of pain and speak out of darkness and, and speak out of wanting retribution, but, but out of that claim what, what is our heritage as gospel people, right. as Easter people, people, as resurrection people, we need to claim that new life and that new light, especially in moments of darkness. Yeah. And it is words like that when we think about them, when we revisit them, we think, you know, we, we've, we've, we've come forward in some significant ways, and yet how often mm. is it that we need to go back to those moments and those times in history and say, you know what? Those were good words. Yeah, they're and still good to, words. They're still exactly. They're still good words. We still need to remember them. We still need to try and live into that that vision, that yeah. brave vision of hope. It had to be an exciting sermon to hear that. And and again, we know that some of the fallout from that was not positive. But um, to be in that cathedral at that point to listen to those words had to be stirring. Absolutely. Had to have been. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. 
So you've got uh, a couple of other things coming up. Elmwood Cemetery is a big part of this because that's where the yeah. sisters are buried. That's right. That's Elmwood. right. So on the ninth, we'll do this yeah. ceremony, as I said, uh, of remembering our history, but also of renewal, of celebrating that we are going to be rededicating ourselves as not just the space of the cathedral, mm -hmm. but the mission and ministry of our life as cathedral people and as Christian people in this place. So that's on the ninth. So it's going to be an incredible liturgy, an incredible service. We're going to be joined by people from not just Episcopalians from around our Diocese of West Tennessee, but we're going to have other notable guests, including Rabbi Micah Greenstein, who is going to be reading uh, from the book of Isaiah for us, a um, passage where, in which we are reminded to be the house of prayer for all people. Words that Isaiah spoke that we tr we've been trying to live into for 165 <laughs> years. Um, so that, that's on the ninth. Yeah. And then the next day, we're going to be joined by Sister Hannah, who is the prioress of the Sisters of St. Mary. Originally from Peekskill, New York, these were the sisters that included Constance and her companions. Yeah, came down, yeah. And uh, and so they come out every year to help us remember the martyrs in Memphis. She'll be preaching at our Sunday service at ten o'clock, Sunday morning, September tenth. Okay. And then we head out to Elmwood Cemetery, where we have a bit of a parish picnic, and uh, we have to because it's catered. We ask people to buy tickets in advance, so sure. you know we know how much food to prepare and all that. Right. Uh, and then we have a litany of remembrance at the very gravesite of Constance and Thecla and Ruth and the others. And, and Constance actually passed away on the 9th of September, yes. so that is a that's an important date in, that, in history. So That's exactly right. That's yeah. why I remember the 9th in particular. Right. Well, I, I think this has been a wonderful run-through, very short run-through, but a run-through of the history of this beautiful cathedral and, and the, the congregation that you have here. Um, I hope everybody is able to attend either the 9th or the 10th or both. Come to the celebration of remembrance and renewal on the 9th and then also the, the honoring of, her, of Constance and her companions. That's on the Sunday of the 10th uh, at 10 a.m. here uh, in the cathedral. So it's been, a, it's been excellent having you on the show, Gary. I appreciate you being here. Well, Mark, thank you so much for the opportunity to, to share with you. I've been at the cathedral here about seven months now, and it's just an exciting, wonderful place to be with amazing, faithful people. And we are on the brink of doing some wonderful things here in Memphis and in this community. And I'm sure you will do that. Thank you again. Thank you. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Our Memphis History. Remember to go out where you get your podcast and subscribe to us. Also go to ourmemphishistory.com and subscribe to the blog so that you're alerted when we release stories and like us on Facebook. Thanks again for listening.